You're watching Meet the Movie Press, and today we're going to be talking about the male gaze lurking throughout the movie press, uh, gay Sulu, and new releases like Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates and The Secret Life of Pets. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. Good morning, Simon. Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm good. Very busy, but very good. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. How are you? Uh, terrific. Awesome. Just terrific. You've been busy this week. Yeah, that's right. Busy? Not really, though. Uh, I am right. Jeff Snyder, host of Meet the Movie Press. Uh, follow me on Twitter at, at the Insnyder. Uh, I'm Simon Thompson. I co-host Meet the Movie Press, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Showbiz Simon uh, or on Facebook. This is Simon Thompson. Uh, so, what, do you, what did you mean by um, I've been busy? You, I literally we, we have were, not done anything. We all were week. just talking about. You were like, have you seen this? Have you seen this? And I'm like, oh, no, well, yeah, you're like, done, <laughs> done, nailed it. That's all did I have it, time read for this. is to watch movies. That's okay, though. That's cool. That's what we do. All right. Well, uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff going on yeah. this week. Mm. Some interesting stuff, actually. Um, yeah, it was, Which a, is... it was a slow news week, but yeah. there was plenty to, to talk about. Chit-chat. Thanks to uh, a trio of pieces, yeah. so, which I think is, you know, we have to start the show with really what everybody's talking about. Okay. In film, within film Twitter. Is it the release of Mike and Dave? Yeah, that's exactly Okay, cool. It. Yeah, no, okay, the other thing. Uh, there were three um, articles mm. written relatively recently yeah. uh, by three male writers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know uh, Rich Cohen's orientation. Not that orientation really matters to this, but nope. like Owen, Owen Gliberman's straight, Wesley Morris is gay. I don't know uh, what Rich Cohen is. Um, but uh, so Variety's Owen Gliberman wrote a story about Renee Zellweger yeah. and how... She looks different to mm-hmm. him in the Bridget Jones trailer and, and how it's okay for Renee Zellweger to look different, yeah. but now Bridget Jones looks different, and that's too much for Owen's brain to handle yeah, that she looks... I, I saw that. Yeah. That she looks older <laughs> after aging 10 years or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Vanity Fair's Rich Cohen wrote a, a profile about Margot Robbie mm. tied to the release of Tarzan and mm-hmm. Suicide Squad this She's summer. doing a lot right now, so yeah. And it was very just like fawning all about her looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Wesley Morris. I don't really, honestly, this was the one I didn't get because I love Wesley and have been a uh, Wesley Morris and been you know, a big fan of his. Mm. Uh, he's a, he won the Pulitzer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's you know, started writing for Boston papers, and yep. then, then he you know moved to Grantland. Got this great time uh, job at the New York Times, and it was like a semi. I don't think it was like the paper's official review of the Shallows, but it was like his in his critic at large sort of position. Mm. A look at the Shallows, and he was surprised that it was Blake Lively and not Kate Hudson, and it was this weird thing about confusing the two of them, or, or basically why he wanted Kate Hudson in that movie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we you didn't can... read that one, though. No? no, no. But I mean, from from the summary that you said, we can all recast movies with who we would rather have seen in roles. That's great. It just didn't happen. I get the fact that blonde woman. You know, if you're looking for a blonde woman in a bikini, that is totally interchangeable. I love The Shallows. I think it did okay. I think it should have done better because it's a really great movie. Um, I think it's overshadowed this summer. Um, but Blake Lively is someone I've really personally not given you know a lot of kudos to, a lot of credit to in the past. I find her stuff is good, generally, sometimes very good, but often 
Okay. I think she's been waiting for a movie yeah. like this to put her front and center. She I think hasn't we all had got the it. chops. We, we, well, we all got a taste of what she can do in mm. the town. Yeah. And then there, you know, I didn't see Adeline. Um, I think my mom really enjoyed it, though. Mm. And obviously, I haven't seen the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants movies. You haven't. I haven't, as a matter of fact. They're actually not bad. Okay. Coming from a grown man and not a teenage girl. Um, e- either way, it, it was just like, the, I didn't get the piece. I yeah. didn't get sort of what it was going for. He took a lot of, of flack for it. And just, the New York Times in general uh, is sort of, I don't know. It, it, I don't I, know if there's a dumbing down going on. I would probably get it more from, if it was a case of her doing a bad job in the movie. And she did not do a bad job no, in the she movie. Was She's good. good in the movie. So I don't see the point. It's just a recasting piece. It's kind of it's making a story out of something that's not a story. But if you know it was what I mean. just kind of like I don't know. It was mean spirited and, and yeah. atypical, uh, you know, from from Wesley. The other two pieces I think were a little bit more problematic. Yeah. Uh, than that one, the Rich Cohen Margot Robbie profile um, obviously took a lot of heat. Mm-hmm. Gen- Genumano at the Daily Beast did a great job, sort of uh, talking about a few, you know, these She's three pieces journalist. as well as yeah. uh, LA Weekly's piece on Sky Ferreira. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, it was just, yeah, we know Margot Robbie's beautiful. We, you know, we see her on the cover of the magazine. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just was a lot of words. And, and, and then, people, you know, I think Lindsay Barr went through Rich Cohen's history and sort of saw this style of writing in a lot of his profiles, including one in, uh, about Alicia Silverstone. Yeah. Um, when she was only 18 years old and mm-hmm. it. I mean, I don't want to say that uh, women don't write similar profiles about men, mm-hmm. because I think that they do. Yep. And, you know, movie stars, they are trading on their looks. Um, so I think that it's fair game for them to be discussed, but there were certain, there's, there's certainly a line to it. Sort of a tricky balance that you have to strike. Yeah, I think, and I think Rich Cohen blew kind of right past it. Yeah, I, I think you're right, but I think I, I, I know you're right, and I totally agree with your point. But I think also Margot Robbie is in a position where we remember with the Big Short, you know, the 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 cutaway where it's like here's Margot Robbie in a bath, and it, you know she, if you are going to. I'd say She's trading on her sexuality. Yeah, if you're going to trade on your sexuality and, and objectify, the fact that she has a sense of humor about it herself makes it a bit more, a bit easier for me to swallow. But the mm-hmm. fact she go, okay, fine, I'm sexy, I'm hot, I'm actually going to play on this is great. If it was someone, if it was purely objectification, and she didn't sort of embrace that side of it, it would make me, it, it makes me awkward. It would make me more awkward than this does. I don't think it's right. I agree with you. I don't think it's the right thing to do. I don't think it's, you know the right kind of piece to write but do you think that i mean you know these these three outlets variety mm. vanity fair new york times it's not like there's going to be any real consequences from the publicist and that's another thing everyone sort of gets up in arms on behalf of margot mm. roby uh has she come out and said anything that she didn't not, like the piece what if she liked it well, not, not as not as far as i'm aware um certainly but i'm just kind of surprised to see that the thing that surprised me most of all was the fact that this was a vanity fair piece because their editorial tends to be more cerebral 
and very interesting and very considered. I'm not saying this was a, a frivolous piece by any stretch of the imagination. Obviously, thought was put into it. Mm-hmm. But their editorial tends to be of a, of a higher level rather than a, you know, a purely physical Let's take six letters out of that word, though. Editorial editor. Well, you know, where are Mm. the editors in some of these positions, and how come they're not really getting any flack? You didn't see anybody talking about Graydon Graydon Carter as the editor of Andy Fair, right? I'll tell you. Here's my take on it. Yeah. It's because if it wasn't the piece that it was, would we be talking about it? No. This has got right, is this more what they want? talk about it. Yeah, I think everybody wants this. You want a story that's going to get people talking. And Even if, if you it's are in willing... a negative way. Like, I was curious about this with regards to Owen's piece. Cause, yeah. So, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, I read Owen's book, Movie mm. Freak. I loved it. I think that I, we actually have a lot in common. Uh, and Owen was sort of very frank about his um, sexual issues in the book. Okay. Uh, and just his way of sort of looking at, at the world and his interactions with, uh, you know, members of the opposite sex. Um, and so... The piece that he wrote didn't necessarily surprise me. Um, I've been guilty of this, too. So uh, I, I was at, I think it was a Variety intern and still writing for Ain't It Cool News, when The Grudge 2 came out, Simon. Mm. And I wrote a piece, uh, in, you know, about a review of the movie, and, and it said something mean about um, Amber Tamlin's teeth. Mm-hmm. And it was like a total, like, low-blow, unnecessary potshot. And I felt bad about that for the last ten years. Mm-hmm. It's haunted me. Um, you know, there's a certain way to to talk about pe- actors and actresses as they look. But this was such, like, an attack on Renee Zilliger. And obviously she does look different. Yeah, she um, does. But... Well, that was pointed out about two years ago when she attended an event. Because I remember personally, I, I'm guilty of commenting on it on Twitter by the fact that mm-hmm. Renee Zellweger no longer looked like Renee. I think my exact comment was the fact that in a Renee Zellweger lookalike contest, Renee Zellweger would currently come last because she physically looked so different. Mm-hmm. But I think we're just not as forgiving of women when they age or if it's the case for some women they have work done. We're much less forgiving about it for women than we are for men. Right. And... I would like to see that change. I don't know if that will change. I mean, there were there's always whispers about everybody. Um, mm. But yeah, women obviously seem to take the, the brunt of it. And I don't know if, if it's because, as sort of Jen suggested, uh, the people writing all, most of the pieces mm. um, online or for magazines, newspapers, are men. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she says the problem is that we, you know, outlets need to hire more women. Well, we've, we've, we've said that before. You know, I, yeah, I think that's the case. But I, you know, I, I also see a lot of, you know, a lot of comments about, say, Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, Leonardo DiCaprio is is going, you know, is between roles and he's going on holiday and he's got a bit of a beer belly mm-hmm. going on. We we all have that. You know, people aren't willing to look at that and comment on his physicality and go, oh, he's let himself go, or Jack Black, or you know, that that kind of thing. So it it does work both ways. I think it just tends to hit harder when it is a woman. And I think having more female journalists will adjust that. But I know a lot of female journalists who work for magazines and newspapers who were quite happily write pieces about women who go out looking less than perfect when they go to the shop. You know, if you mm-hmm. work for the Daily Mail, if you work for, you know, some of the celebrity magazines and, and papers like that, you know, they are more than happy. Female journalists are as guilty as writing these negative pieces about women as many of the men journalists are. But it's just in a different way and not in a profile piece. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's fair. Anyways, these are all sort of interesting questions. But I, I think, you know, I just didn't hear enough this week about sort of editors. Mm. I mean, a lot of Variety's top editors are female. Like, how, how does it and, – and when a piece like this hits and there's so much negative reaction, mm. is it considered a good thing because it's gotten people talking and it's driving people to the article? Or is it a bad thing? 
is there a little shame involved? Like, you know, Ro, Ro, I mean, THR came out and ran a story from Rose McGowan, mm. ran like, you know, she's like taken up the cause and she's a social justice warrior yeah. uh, now, if you will, to use, to use the SJW terminology. No, no. But, I mean, did you read that? Yeah, I did. And I think all her points in that, and this is not the first time she's done it. I think she, she talks yeah. a lot of sense. What she says, whether you agree with it or not, it does make perfect sense. And her argument is a strong one. I mean, I don't know if this is ever going to change. But like you say, you know, is it a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's both. I think someone probably somewhere along the line weighed it up and went, we're going to get some shit for this. However, everybody's going to talk about it. And they are. Mm-hmm. And people will buy the issue, or they'll read it, or I, they'll, you know, perhaps people who wouldn't have bought Vanity Fair. You know, the ones that only come along, like people like you and I, who buy it when there's a Star Wars cover or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, we yeah, will. Yeah, that's fuck. when I buy Vanity Fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I yeah, I think it's it's weighing up the pros and cons, and I think they've obviously gone. This is going to get people talking, and it's it's just it's funny that THR offered her that piece. space too, though. Yeah. Like, you know, they they would love to take a shot at a rival. Um, it's it's that kind of subtle stuff. Pay attention to it, gang, because yeah. it all it all matters. Um, and obviously, on the show, you know, we discuss the movie press. It's not all about scoops. Nope. Uh, there are the people like Owen who are critics and write sort of, uh, you know, their their critical thoughts on things. Mm-hmm. Fanny Fair's Rich Cohen does profiles and interviews. We'll see more. You know, they, there's a lot of different roles now within entertainment journalism. Well, Gregory in the chat says negativity is driving our culture. People love to be upset, and it gives things more traction. I think that's mm-hmm. that's. Absolutely. I mean, it's true. It's It's more nail on the head. Yeah. Um, anyways, we can move on. Uh, speaking of uh, things that, uh, people but, were... uh, just, just finishing on that. Sure, sure. To give you another example, to go back to Blake Lively, I wrote a review for The Shallows for IGN a couple of weeks ago, and some of the feedback. You put a link in the chat. I did. Um, and some of that, I, I wrote a piece saying that basically in that film, there were, mo- there were moments in the film where she was running slow motion in a bikini. And clearly I was like, I know what those have been put in. They've been put in there to sexualize. So I said, some people are going to use that as a, you know, for their alone time, <laughs> you know. And someone was like, this is outrageous that you suggest that we might go and watch this film and then save that memory and then masturbate. And then someone else was like, I'm totally going to watch that movie, save that memory and masturbate. So I'll tell you, it was really you know, funny. The audience is as guilty as the writers. I, I, think. I saw Ghostbusters last night and, you know, I can't talk much about it. But mm. the way that the women treat Chris Hemsworth in the film, like if... The male Ghostbusters treated Janine like that. I saw bad There would be last so night. many fucking articles about so, it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I like that the movie sort of plays with gender like that, but at the same time, you just know if things are Like different. I say, the same with bad moms. I mean, there's objectification of men in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it does work both ways. It is not right, but it... It happens on both sides, more so towards women. Though is it is it is it pandering? Is Hollywood is Hollywood pandering to the PC armies? No, I don't. I don't so, think so. And, I don't know. I think on, if they were, we'd see less films and we'd see less of it in things like Ghostbusters and okay. Bad Moms. And on that note, um, so apparently a movie you're seeing in a couple of weeks. Neither of us have seen it yet. Mm. John Cho, uh, yeah, said that Sulu is gay yep. in Star Trek Beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess Justin Lin, or I don't know who, but maybe it was Simon Pegg, the Simon writer. Simon Pegg was a co-writer, Simon Pegg yeah. did it as a tribute to George Takei. Indeed. Um, and Who Sulu in the original show was, was not gay, but obviously he was in real right. life. He was, you know, and it, and it closeted it and dealing yeah. with all kinds of stuff while he was filming uh, Star Trek. And so George came out and said... It's really unfortunate mm. that they had to do that. I can get um, like the character wasn't written that way, mm. and now they're sort of appropriating his sexuality to appease the PC crowd, so to speak. Yeah, I I get that. 
I don't I don't think at the end of the it's person I I totally get what George is saying and I'm a big fan of him a big fan of his work I get it too to me it feels like an empty gesture it is kind of an empty gesture but I don't think it's I don't think it's going to affect anything it's just backstory no it's it's not like character detail it's not like Star Trek it's suddenly going to come broke back mountain you know it's not going to go that way it's just the fact that we've got a bit of backstory now i don't think it's going to be something that takes center stage exactly it's it's meaningless which is so it's like now they get to say oh you know well we were very, you know we were very inclusive our star trek mm. and we had a gay sulu but it really doesn't mean anything right but i think it's a it's a it's it's a, you can't win situation because we are getting a lot of people right. and a lot true. of audiences saying we're not getting representation of lgbtq mm-hmm. community and then when you do you get people saying it's 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 empty gesture or you know it doesn't really matter or it's unfortunate so i think you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't i would just like to see you know if you want to have a gay character in there write a gay character don't just take someone whose sexuality sort of isn't being used mm. really like sulu and say and eh, because he's, he's we're not we don't we're not making him super straight in these movies yeah we'll just make him gay and then it's a win like i i kind of agree with george on this it, it feels I don't know. But I think, is it is it an empty gesture, or is it just the fact that people are like, okay, it, it, it's starting it like, to not matter. It feels like trying to hit a quota or something, uh, and, and it's just, I don't know, it's, la- it's lazy to me. It does, I, haven't, I, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know how his sexuality plays into Star Trek Beyond. I, I'm assuming what, what, it won't. But apparently, we, I, I'm seeing it on um, on Tuesday or Wednesday next week. He has a male partner, and they have a baby. They have, yeah, you know, they have, they have like a child together. Photo yeah. tacked up on the on the spaceship or yeah. something. I don't know. So I don't think it's going to be in the middle of a battle and go. Oh yeah, I was saying to my husband the other day. Right. I, you know, I don't think it's going to be shoehorned in there and in your face. And I don't think it's going to change the character of Sulu at all. No, nor should it. It just gives him back. It's like in um, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy a couple of years ago, Gary Oldman and Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm-hmm. In the middle of that film, it was like, blah, blah, blah. Something happened, and then it was like, oh, okay, so Benedict Cumberbatch is secretly gay. And it was like, well, that seemed to me completely what? irrelevant. Because that had nothing... His, that and his character had zero to do with his sexuality. It wasn't mentioned, it wasn't relevant in any shape or form. And I'm like, okay, to shove that in, it, that just seems like... it's That seemed strange at the time. I was like, okay... That's, I don't have a problem with that at all, but that kind of came out of nowhere and is completely irrelevant. It was never touched on again. So I just, I, to me, that was more of a deliberate gesture than just going, okay, so one of the Starfleet is gay. I see. Again, all good good discussion here. We're generating yeah. conversations. I'm Simon. just I'm just happy to see more representation. Good, you know, and and the fact that it's not a big deal. You don't get someone who comes on and they're Harvey Feinstein going, "Hey, everybody, I'm the gay guy." You know, it's not like that anymore. <laughs> oh, it's scarily. Good. I know, I know, right? <laughs> uh, so, but but if, so if you're looking for Harvey Feinstein for voice work and you can't actually afford him, I am available. But you know, it's getting less like that, and it's just like, okay, so you're a you're a gay spaceman. But There's more cool. diversity in the works. Yeah. We're getting a uh, a new Iron Man, mm-hmm. and it's a black girl. A young black girl, right? Mm. Yeah, a 15-year-old black girl. Pretty cool. I mean, obviously, yeah. this is sort of following uh, the the new Marvel way, following... Uh, the, she, there's a female Thor. Yeah. Right? And then the new Spider-Man is Latino. It's Miles Morales, right? Correct, yeah. Um interesting which i think is again i think we're starting to see and you know touching again on on star trek but we're starting to see that it's the it's actually the comic book era 
and just a group of fans that are actually leading the way. Mm-hmm. And, that is interesting. And again, uh, looking at them and going, okay, fine, so she's black, but it's not all about her being black. Black Panther more so, perhaps, because there's more African heritage there. But, you know, you've got gay characters, you've got, you know, tr- same-sex relationships. It's just, it, that's an area that it just seems to be just folded in really nicely. It's so interesting that you said that the comic book uh, community is really leading the charge. Mm. Always has done, though, because, I mean, I, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, and I consider myself part of this community. The the comic book community, and I think the, the generally the film, and I think certainly sort of sci-fi community as well, trends to be more accepting of people with what would be considered as a very broad alternative lifestyle, and that can, that covers everything, okay? It always has been and always will be, kind of like, and I mean this in an affectionate way, the island of misfit toys, the ones that don't fit into what is the traditional straight white male or female Hollywood cookie cutter style of what is normal. Mm -hmm. And I think it's starting to move through from where it's been in comic books and TV shows and stuff, and it's starting to move through to Hollywood. And I think this is a great thing. And Robert Downey Jr. said, great, awesome. All I right, think so it just shows if they, if they made uh, an Iron Man movie mm. uh, with a 15-year-old black girl, who would you have playing her? Sorry to put That's, you on the spot. It's, yeah, it's kind of difficult because there aren't a lot of young no, they're not. black actresses out there right now. There's Q. Yeah. <laughs> well, who was the girl that was in um she was not it wasn't the right role for her but she was in the Annie remake with Jamie Foxx but was in Q Oh yeah yeah sorry yeah <laughs> cool I just call her Q okay but Anyways. yeah I mean which just goes to shows that we could do with more young black actors that as little well. girl from the fits is supposed to be really good royalty high tower mm. it's a fucking hell of a name yeah awesome right um all right uh let's talk about some new releases before we take some calls okay i saw mike and dave need wedding dates you saw the secret life of pets let's start with the animated movie okay uh secret life of pets obviously it's from the same sort of studio as minions despicable me etc etc um and the the minions hands are all over this they keep popping up as characters in the backgrounds and there's a short before the movie um it's i i I went to it was a mixed media screening so there were lots of families there there were some people who had tickets from outside um and i genuinely really enjoyed it animated movies can sometimes be yes that was a good animated movie you know wasn't so much story but there are a lot of characters in here. It is brilliantly written. I mean, some of the visual and sort of written comedic beats are exemplary. Does it live up to the Minions Despicable Me brands? I think it's... it's better? More, I think it's... Well, does it live up to... Yes, it does. I think it surpasses that because I think it has an intelligence where they, the other ones have a simplicity. Where Minions is really about slapstick. And, you know, that that kind of thing. But this is really about, it's considered comedy. It's about community. There's perhaps a couple too many characters in this, but I think that's... A L- lot of pets? Yeah, there's a lot of pets. How's the plot? Because it's like, I have not really been able to ascertain what the plot is. No, it's really not uh, clear from the trailers. That yeah. is a criticism. Uh, the plot is basically, um, obviously, we find out what dogs get up to and, and cats and birds and, you know, gerbils and whatever else during the day. Um, uh, two dogs basically get separated from their group and they get uh, taken away by um, uh, dog nappers and their friends go and find them. 
Okay. Yeah. That's basically did, it. Did you have a favorite voice actor? Did you like Louis C.K., Kevin Hart, Stone, uh, Stone Street? I didn't know right. it was Louis C.K., actually. Um, I knew um, that Eric uh, Stone Street was there. I knew some of the other cast as well. Kevin Hart's great. Kevin Hart is, he gives it full Kevin Hart, but doesn't sound like Kevin Hart. Um, which I really quite is, enjoy. Is, is Snowball going to get sn- a spin-off? Yeah, well, I think so. I think we're going to yeah. see some Snowball shorts, definitely. Oh, sure, um, okay. I, I loved... Um, I mean, there's not a character in there that I didn't like, and the moments of tension and extreme peril were actually really convincing, and I, it was, I genuinely found it quite exciting at times. It's very funny. There's some really nice... Slightly more skewed adults comedy in there as well, which I think is great. So even if you're not going to go with kids, there's a lot in there to keep you entertained. And the visual style is absolutely stunning. The way they, I mean, the start is it's like being on Soarin' at Disney. You know, it's amazing. So I do recommend seeing it on a huge screen in 3D and sitting quite close because it really is quite, it's hugely immersive, which is really odd. Um, and the design is beautiful. It's a very sharp script. Probably about 10 or 15 minutes, just a little bit too flabby. Yeah. Um, but I, seriously, I loved it. It's done really well um, opening night, 5.3 million on Thursday. Ooh, uh, dropping box office bombs um, up in we're here. we're looking at $80 million. So I think this is going to be a new franchise um, for, you know, Universal and, and, and the animation studio. Um, and the voice cast, they nail it. Um, and it's nice. It's a strong cast, but it's not all going for like A-listers and stuff like that. There's a couple of su- you know surprises in there. And I, the characterization I thought was great. Um, it was it was clever. It was sharp. It was. Okay. Dare I say it's my favorite animated movie this year. Better than Zootopia and Finding Dory. I think it's better than it's better than Finding Dory. It's up there with Zootopia for me. It's 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 got a lot in there, and I think a a sequel is pretty much a given. And I would welcome that. Well, Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Okay, I've heard mixed things. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, cool. Is it on the level of like Forty Year Old Virgin or Knocked Up or one of those great you know laugh a minute Apatow comedies? Mm. Not quite. Um, but I enjoyed it. I mean, Adam Devine is just bonkers in this movie. I love him. He's a wild man. Great. Um, I, yeah, I, I had a blast with him and Aubrey Plaza also really gets to Mm. let loose. Cool. Um, yeah, I thought it had a fair amount of laughs. It had, you know, a bit of of sweetness in Mm. it. I was actually surprised, uh, about Efron who's really just playing the straight man. I mean, he doesn't have much to do, uh, and it seems like he's actually not in it nearly as much as Adam Devine. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I really like the supporting cast. Uh, I, You know, it's a fun hour and a half at the movies. Okay. Is it pay to go and sit in the theatre, or is it watch it on a plane? Is it? Does the audience laugh along with you? I think it's you? above a plane movie. I mean, I think yeah, I think it's a movie that you want to see in the summer when you just have a couple hours to kill and you want to laugh with a bunch of other strangers. Like a comedy is good to see in a crowd because I think that laughter is infectious. I think there's been we've been really lacking some strong comedy this summer. Yeah, no, I think that this fits the bill. I mean, okay. uh, what else was there? Uh, there was Central Intelligence, which I wasn't a massive fan of. Yeah. Um, there was God. What else has there been? Yeah, I mean, it, not, I, I mean, know. there hasn't been. A, I mean, we've got obviously got bad bombs in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, Anyways, Ghostbusters. The, those are the two movies that come out this weekend, al- yeah. uh, along with Captain Fantastic, which I really want to see mm. with Viggo Mortensen. Uh, Cell, which has been on VOD for a while, it has. And, and Fathers and Daughters. Yeah. Um, 
you know, a little bit of something for everybody. Uh, and then quickly before we start taking calls, uh, I saw the BFG this week. Okay, what did you think? It was terrible. Really? I could not believe it was even fucking directed by Steven Spielberg. I, I sat in this movie... And just turned to my friend and was like, what are we watching right now? So what's the problem with it then? Because out of can, it had really strong reviews. And I've seen from a lot of people that I was quite surprised liked it. And a lot of writers who I thought were automatically going to like it. Kind of because it's a Spielberg movie. I, it was just like, I don't know, whimsical nonsense. The girl I thought was kind of like mugging. Mm. First of all, I mean, she's a stand-in for Spielberg. Right. I mean, it looks just like a young Spielberg, this little girl. <laughs> and it's like young Stevie Spielberg chasing his dreams, like she literally in, yeah. in, in the movie. I mean, Mark Rylance does does good work as the giant, but um, the plot of this movie is all over the place. As soon as they involve like Queen Elizabeth, I was just like, I'm out. I'm right. done. So uh, not surprised that that is dying a quick death at the box office. Not one of uh, Steven's better Better works. No, I'm, I'm a I'm, big fan of his. Certainly, I know from from friends in the UK, it's it's being ramped up, but it's not it's not being released in the UK yet. That's coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, it's it's getting more push there. But I was absolutely stunned by the lack of push that it got here. When and we d- touched on this briefly last week, when um, you know, films like Alice Through the Looking Glass were getting considerable pushes from Disney. But Disney have got Pete's Dragon coming out in a few weeks. It's just weird, you know. It, it feels like Disney almost set him up to fail. Because it's coming two weeks after Dory? Like, why release the BFG two weeks after Dory? Here's a thought. Have Disney got too many films out this year? Because it seems like the majority of releases. And should there be, and I touched on this previously as well, a bit of a rain put on how many films a studio can release widely theatrically during a year. No. So there's no monopolizing. That's insane. No. Is it insane, though? Yes. Okay. No, I yes, right. Well, you I'm wanna, glad. You, you think well, it, that was a good discussion. Someone should be able to limit the amount of movies Disney puts out. I'm just wondering because you've got to look or at market studio. Disney have got so many movies coming out this First year. All, many of which are high quality. You know, there were three times as many movies twenty years ago. It was like studios were putting out way more movies. This okay. is nothing. This I'm is just, nothing. Okay, well, maybe somebody on the calls will want to look uh, at that. Anyways, um, we're gonna we, we are starting to take calls. Cool. Um, 424-253-0504. Ask us anything, gang. We're open to it. Okay, here's what some people are saying in the chat room. Spielberg, this is from a multiplayer, a multi-plat gamer guy. Spielberg's overrated, in my opinion, when it comes to family movies, at least. He had great movies in the 80s, but he hasn't made a good film in the genre for a long time. Okay, but here, okay, so uh, you know the failure of the BFG prompted a ton of articles of like what went wrong with BFG. Has Steven Spielberg lost his touch? No, um, I do not think that he has lost his touch. No. Or uh, I think that he is involved in producing so many things that you guys love. You know, he is helping all these guys who you think aren't out of touch mm. uh, realize their visions. Um, all right, we are going to take a call. We have our first caller. Uh, caller, where are you calling from, and what's your name? Hi, this is uh, Robert Butler. What's up, Robert? Hey, uh, I had a question about uh, the new Spielberg Ready Player One just started filming last week. Okay. Yep. So uh, what, what are you guys' thoughts on the production? I, I just finished reading the book, and it was really, 
really interesting. So, <laughs> you, well, I just finished reading the book too say, this yeah. week. Um, I fucking love the book. Uh, again, this was a book that I've had on my shelf for two years, three years maybe, um, and I was just too intimidated to read it. I felt like I wasn't going to get the references. A lot of the stuff was going to go over my head. I just don't read those kinds of books. It's mm. not what I'm into. Uh, and I finally I gave it a chance, and it really was wonderful. Um, I think that the cast, and, and, you know, I read it with the people in mind, uh, you know, like with Ben, Ben Mendelsohn and Ty Sheridan and mm. Olivia Cook, all these people. Um, I think it's going to be a really special movie. It's all about how Steven utilizes this magic leap technology, um, which is going to sort of simulate the oasis, the virtual reality world at the center of the film. What about you, Robert? Oh, no, I think, I think it uh, has the potential to be really great. Um, again, I, I didn't think, you know, I'm, I'm a bit younger than, um, you know, than, than the book has a lot of references to, mm-hmm. but, uh, it, it, it clues you into a lot of the, the eighties references and stuff. Um, but I, I was a little, uh, it was a little concerning how there is a section of the book, there's sections of the book that reenact classic movies. I wonder if the rights for those movies are going to come into play in the production of this. That's, that's a good question. I'm sure that, um, you know, Steven Spielberg can call in a few favors if anyone in this yeah. town can. Um, you know, I don't know if it'll end up being War Games or something else. Um, I think, uh, who owns War Games? Maybe that's M- MGM. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I know Steven has said he's not going to, you know, discuss or, or use his own movies. Um, it's funny. I, I'm not that familiar with a lot of the references either, but this week I had a, a chance to play an, a modded Xbox okay. that has all, like, the Nintendo and Super Nintendo games, and I played Joust, which is a big part of Ready yeah. Player One. Terrible game. I, I was yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck am I playing? Most of the games in the 80s were shit, to be honest with you. <laughs> Anyways, uh, very, very excited for Ready Player One, um, and thanks for giving me a chance to talk about it. Have a good weekend, Robert. Dino has said uh, Ready Player yeah, One we'll equals... Charlie and the 80s Nostalgia Factory, which I think is fair. Hello, and welcome to Meet the Movie Press. Hello? Hi, Hello. who's this? Hi. Hey, it's Mike. How are you? Good. Hey, how, how are you, Mike? Mike? Good, good. Uh, I just was uh, curious, because I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, with the sort of uh, success of you know Hamilton, in terms of like on Broadway, but also like culturally, there's mm. a lot of talk about it. I'm curious, is there any talk in Hollywood about really just doing any movies involving, you know, colonial times, revolutionary war era pictures in general? Because there's very few of them even out there. I think yes. I think the answer to that is yes. I think, um... I think that the George Washington movie will be in theaters before 2020. Mm Mm-hmm. 2016, yeah, I see the George Washington, a George Washington movie being made in the next two to three years. I don't know who that will be. If it'll be Bradley Cooper, um, yeah. really? You oh, see, I can, I can him? actually see it. Yeah, with the with the wig. Okay, and he has a kind of like regal, old timey. Uh, anyways, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, it, it, I'm just curious to see who's going to direct it. If it's going to end up being like that 300 style Zack Snyder approach, mm. or Darren Aronofsky wanted to do one for a while. You can just uh, if, you, if that happened though, you could just imagine the uh, the articles coming out. That was not historically accurate. Really? Um, but yeah, as for Hamilton, like a movie, I, I know Lin Manuel has said um, absolutely not, mm. not for a while, yeah. anyways. So, but they are filming the musical to put it in theaters. That's why you know I don't know so, why people are spending thousands and thousands yeah. of dollars for a shit seat to some of these last performances. Bragging rights. 
Yeah, like, Brian, I, it's a I pissing saw, contest. I saw Hamilton with the original cast, but it's like yeah. we're all going to get to see it because it's being filmed. Yeah, and in five years, I know that takes away part of it. Will but care. anyways, uh, yeah, that's that's what I have to say about Revolutionary right. War stuff. Thanks for calling. Yep. Um. So yeah, we'll take the next call. Hello, who's this, and where are you calling from? That's why you know I don't know why people are. <laughs> Hello. Oh, hello, guys. How you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, great. This is uh, Jeremy calling from Chicago. I've been uh, listening to you guys uh, back from the start and catching up, and just gotta say, you guys are you know like one of my greatest sources of movie news, and uh, I love both of your inputs. And it's it's okay to have different inputs. But, oh, thank you. Know, you. Not fight each other about it. Well, make sure you tell everybody you know about <laughs> us because that would be great. Lead, lead the Chicago charge. Yes. Um, anything you wanted to talk about today? Um, yeah, I, I don't want to make this, I don't want to make this like a damper on the subject, but, um, going back to, I guess, like how, you know, personal lives kind of affect like, um, film work and everything, um, not to touch on it too much, but going back to the allegations between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, mm. all that kind of stimulated around when Through the Looking Glass came out. Yeah. Now he has Pirates of the Caribbean coming out next year, which is obviously the bigger character that Disney probably cares about him for. Obviously sure. last year he was um, inducted into like the Disney icon hall of fame as Jack Sparrow. Mm-hmm. He comes out as Jack Sparrow. Yep. He goes to children's hospitals as Jack Sparrow, which, you know, until we actually hear the actual truth between that allegation, you know, that kind of makes me hard to think like that's, you know, that's Johnny Depp when all of his other like his ex-wives are saying, like, no, he's never like that. Sure. But if all of this was to happen when Pirates would have come out, like if all of this happened when Pirates was close to coming out, do you think Disney probably would have done more of a, like, cautionary reaction cleanup than they probably... I don't really remember them hearing doing that when Looking Glass well, came out. Like, I'm sure he didn't do a lot of interviews, but, like, well, I think with Pirates, they would have been like, hey, we got to get into this market. Do you know what? No, I don't. I I I see what you're saying, but I don't. I don't think so because the what happens in his private life and what happens to do with a film are two completely separate entities. So standard would be that unless it was really directly related in some way to the film or the film production, it would be highly unlikely that a studio and this is you know for any actor and any studio would get involved unless it was something you know, that that was directly related or, or you know, that level or higher. You know, they wouldn't they wouldn't get involved in, I, in actors personal, in talents personal. Do you think that life. they would hide him? I don't think that they could no, hide him. No, I don't think you can, but also For Alice you could. Yeah. But also Johnny Depp doesn't he pick and chooses the press that he would want to do. He doesn't just see he's not like some actors when they do junkets, like I'm I'm doing one today and I'm interviewing the whole cast. You know, you don't with there are people in Hollywood that you only have they do select outlets. Yeah. You know, they do things like Empire magazine, they do things like Ellen, et cetera, et cetera. And when that kind of thing happens, if you put them in front of someone or, you know, maybe CNN or whatever, uh, it's usually part of an orchestrated publicity process where it, the issues will be tackled, they'll be discussed, it'll be a very controlled manner. It'll be honest, it's not like, you know, a studio would, would cover it up, but it would have to be addressed and that would be it. And that's the way that you would move on. I, but I don't think it, it, I don't think you could directly correlate what happened or what was alleged um, 
with the box office of Alice. That no, was just it, a case of, yeah, I don't think it had anything to do with it. People just didn't want to see that movie. And I think moving right, forward was, with Pirates, yeah, yeah. I think people are still going to see Pirates, it, irrespective of what happens in Johnny Depp's private life. I, it'll be very interesting to see if any journalist has the balls to bring it up, um, because I'm sure that any condition of sitting down with him uh, in advance of that movie, you'll be asked to not discuss it yeah. especially if, if you know everything's still pending and i've we've been um, in those junket situations before where you're asked not to do it and usually if you just ignore them they will just end the interview take your tape away and you will just not get the interview right and probably be blacklisted right. yeah it's kind of like when um that interviewer last year uh interviewed robert downey jr for mm. age of ultron and you know that whole thing where yeah christian you know, guru murphy other, channel four in the uk yeah like he shouldn't have did that yeah well yeah but also i think let's let's use that as an example and i'm not i'm not here to bring down someone else who's a journalist and you know i know of christian obviously i'm from the uk I don't, course, yeah. I don't think necessarily the problem with that in particular thing. That was something to do with questions that weren't structured very well. That interview went from, tell me about Age of Ultron. By the way, you used to do drugs, blah, blah, blah. Have you thought about this yeah. that you've talked about many times before and it's about 25 years old news? It, it was, A, it was from, you know, going from 0 to 50 straight away, completely unrelated topics, and it was just not related to anything that was currently happening. And it was stuff that Johnny, uh, um, that Robert Downey Jr. had discussed on many occasions before, and that's not why they agreed to do the interview. So that's why that interview went tits up. It wasn't necessarily because right. of Robert Downey Jr.'s private life. He's talked about his situation with, you know, with substances many times in the past. Um, so I think yeah. that's kind of a separate case. That was just someone doing a shit job interviewing, in my opinion. All right. Well, thank Definitely. you. Thank, thank you for calling in. Have a good weekend. Thanks a lot, guys. You too. And uh, I'm going to be listening every week. And you guys are such a big inspiration to me. I hope that I can meet you guys someday. We really appreciate it. Thank you very right, much. Thank indeed. you. Next caller. Do we lose it? Just hung up. They'll be back in a second. Sure. Okay, no problem. Uh, Sean Atkins in the chat is saying that uh, Warner Brothers have announced the Tomb Raider movie release date, which falls on the same day as the Flash movie. What are our thoughts on that? Well, obviously, it's they're not releasing both movies on the same day, so we'll assume that the Flash movie is being moved. I would think, yeah. There you go. Breaking news. Cool. I mean, <laughs> they ask. We, I love we this. Response. Wait, they're really going to release both movies in the same day? No, that's not how things work. Um, Woody Allen has cast mm. is casting his next movie. Mm-hmm. It includes Justin Timberlake and Juno Temple, both the JTs in my life. Yep. Uh, along with James Belushi and Kate Winslet. Mm. An, an intriguing. Quartet, but he likes to do this. He likes to pick some people He's that are been quite getting crazy recently. And some really eclectic. I'm He's just working gl- with Miley Cyrus on the TV show, right? Yeah. I'm just glad to see James Belushi being cast in movies again. He hasn't I been... always liked him. Always yeah. liked Jim Belushi. Um, I, I actually like this ensemble. I, I was thinking about Timberlake the other day, and just mm. like you know, when I was at Variety. Not so much at the rap, but at Variety, I felt like I was tracking him for, like, everything. Mm. Uh, he was a guy whose name was just in the mix for everything. Um, and now you don't hear about him that much, maybe because he's been busy working on music. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. I but think... I'm ready for him to get back out there. And, yeah. and who better than, than Woody Allen to get him back out there? He's, he's an actor who is perhaps in quite a few movies that aren't great, but he's great maybe in Maybe he learned his lesson. I mean, yeah, see, yeah. I always liked him. I think he's an, a very engaging presence. Mm. But, like, okay, that, that uh, Miles Teller, Josh Brolin fire movie. Yeah. If this was five years ago. I love ago, both those guys. Yeah, me too. Um, but uh, if this was five years ago, mm. Justin Timberlake gets cast in that movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
And now he's not one of the guys who. I well, I think know, he's, one of, the, he's one of those guys, as you say, he does have his music and he's been off having a family and stuff like that. It's not like he's taken five years away from Hollywood and gone and done nothing and it's like, it's a comeback. You know, the fact, I think it keeps him fresh in our eyes that he does do a spate of movies, goes away, comes back, but he doesn't really disappear. I think that's a good career choice. He's a wise, wise man. I got some breaking, uh, not some breaking news, but okay, okay here's a little thing. Yeah. Just because, you know, I was thinking about Timberlake, I'm thinking about how good he was in the social network, I'm thinking mm. about David Fincher. This is what goes through my mind. Whenever mm. you're speaking, Simon. <laughs> okay. What, you mean you're not listening to me? I'm totally listening. I'm 100% with you. What? Yeah. Um, wow. So, <laughs> I feel a bit hurt by that. I was just teasing Okay, you. fine. <laughs> That's a bad segue. Um, <laughs> I think that went very well. David Fin, Justin Timberlake, David Fincher, yeah. etc. Um, I hear that HBO is reviving both the Fincher projects that it had put on ice uh, without David Fincher, though. Interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. So I hear that HBO is uh, bringing back Utopia, mm-hmm. uh, and that they are going to work on that, you know, video syn- synchronicity. Mm. Who fucking, there's like 18 titles to that show, Living on Video, Video Syncrazy, I don't know. Uh, either way, I hear that they want to uh, redevelop both of those. Okay. Um, pretty intriguing well talking of redeveloping things and TV, oh, oh segue boom back in the room you weren't even listening to what i was saying what You're was just, that you had it all queued up i know i i listened to oh, you and um, the warriors uh one of my favorite films there we of all go time. good transition wait we Thank have a call you. oh we'll, we'll take the call okay, and then we'll, and then talk, we'll about talk about, about warriors. the warriors yeah call. hey guys how's it going good. good how are you not too bad this is sean from kingston ontario yeah sean what's up uh, nothing much. Um, now, over the last like, couple of months, there's been a lot of talk of reshoots and mm-hmm. how this could be a lot of trouble for productions. And the thing that's been really bothering me is I think a lot of these sites are using the, the term reshoots as a blanket term and not actually referring to what's actually going on. Because, I mean, World War Z mm. undertook reshoots. Mm-hmm. Right. They had to actually reshoot the entire third part of the movie. But when you hear about the reports coming out from, say, Rogue One or from Suicide Squad or any other production, you hear about them actually adding additional footage and adding new scenes potentially or or adding segments to already included material. Now, that to me is different because that means that they're actually adding more material to an already possibly great product, and people are automatically assuming it's the worst. I just wanted to hear what you guys thought about what is going on with a lot of these different outlets that are just automatically assuming that it's bad news? I I think some of it is a lack of comprehension by some outlets of exactly what a reshoot entails. Um, I think it's a lack of uh, knowledge of the industry. I mean, most films will do additional shooting, whether it's pickups or redos, etc., etc. Um, it's not uncommon at all. Scale obviously can differ from film to film. Sometimes people do, it gets as late as doing test screenings, and they realise that what they've already got as an ending is not really working, so they, you know, they want to pull something else out of the bag. And sometimes reshoots are done, you know, really a really good example recently um, was The Conjuring 2, where right up until three months before the film was complete, they actually then changed one of the characters and reshot a load of that. So, you right, know. with the nun. Yeah. yeah. Well, the nun wasn't in it. She was just a demon, you know, and then they yeah, were like, yeah, let's put in the. They added that whole segment. Yeah. So I, I just think it's. Some people look at it as a, as a lack of comprehension, but you know, of, of how film works, and they just see it as a negative thing, but it's not a negative thing. A lot of classic movies have had reshoots. A lot of classic movies. It's not uncommon at all. 
I, I mean, again, this is um, this is the problem with the media today, and that the process gets overreported. I mm. think um, you know, as, as every nook and cranny is sort of fair game for reporting these days. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's like as an audience member, it's one thing for reporters and critics to sort of worry about this stuff. As an audience member, enjoy the movie that they release. Like yeah. you know, don't worry about reshoot. I don't think it's indicative of anything. Um, you know, just judge the film by whatever they put on screen. Uh, Rogue Knight in the in the chat has just said the reshoots are different to pickups. Yes, they are. I know that. A lot of people don't know that. Some people misinterpret pickups and, and additional shooting for reshoots. Yeah, when did reshoots become a dirty word? You yeah. Know, it, it is just another part of the process. So. Right. You know, it's okay, again, so it's, well, it's the media thank just. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. No problem at all. Um, all right, guys, take care. Hey, and you, and you, thanks for calling. So um, we have one. We more, have one last call. Yeah, we'll take okay. one more. Last call. Hello, welcome to Meet the Movie Press. It's Crawl. Oh shit! <laughs> Justin Crawl, guys, it's been a slow news week because Justin Crawl's been on vacation. Welcome back, buddy. How, how you been? What's up, dude? I was going to do something like, you know, some character from Crash to try to trick you, but I just, I, just found <laughs> I don't know all the characters in Crash, dude. Um, I, I, I dropped my classic oil change. What, what's been the topic today? Did you break any interesting news? Like, that's not really true, but maybe it's true or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, I, that's a sh- that must be a shot at Akira. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. We, we, I hear that the Fincher series may be coming back to HBO without David. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I heard maybe without him, though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which then I don't care about. <laughs> well, I, I guess I mean it I'm, also like, then stops being a Fincher project. Off and like Terry Winter is like before Vinyl got taken off and they replaced Terry Winter. I'm like, okay, now this show doesn't. Matter. I never saw Utopia. I've been waiting for like sort of the American version. Um, so I am excited that it's coming back, even without David. Uh, we'll see who they get to run it. Have you watched The Night of yet, Justin? Oh, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, first it's three, great. I actually watched Vice Principal last night. Oh, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> um, but night of get excited. You, everybody should get. I only saw the first one, one, and it, it was terrific. Did you watch it, Simon? No, guys. The, the night. Uh, no, I'm just saying. Uh, oh, I I'm, the the I night of yet. was uh, originally called Criminal Justice. It was, mm-hmm. it was a, it's a remake um, of a British series, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Gandolfini was going to star in it. Yeah. He filmed the pilot, and then he died. So they, you know, took a few years. They found, you know, uh, they recast John Turturro, and yeah, I thought it was terrific. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything you want to chat about, really? You it's, tell me. You, you called in, big guy. Well, what's on your mind? Today, but I, I was hoping to break something during your show, but someone's taking a fucking time returning my <laughs> email. Some publicist um. is going to be listening to this show, being like, "Oh God." Um, I don't know. What? What? I mean, have you seen anything good? or Have you just been like living in Michigan? Uh, I've been kind of catching up. I mean, I was in Detroit and for my sister's wedding, and did Chicago and a little vacay. Um, it's it, I'm trying to think. I mean, you guys talked about the Woody thing. I think that cast is getting pretty good. Yeah. What do you um, think about Jim Belushi in that? Controversy. Um, <laughs> so that's what you want to know, Simon? Good. Yeah. Well, some people in the chat have been saying, no, yeah, no, not Jim Belushi. He's done, like, one good movie. And I'm, I'm pleased to see him in it. Yeah. Uh, oh, well. I mean, I guess the thing I was – did you guys talk about Moonfall at all on your last show, the Rollins thing? Moonfall, no. Uh-uh. So Roland, I was on this thing and it broke while I was gone. And Moonfall, 
it, it was just, you know, this crazy idea. I'm amazed someone bought it just because. Roll, it's Roland Emmerich's you know, sex movie. It's about the, the moon falling towards Earth, right? No, it's like the moon's like a spaceship actually with aliens in it, and like <laughs> then they find out and they like come after Earth. It's Independence Day. Like More fucking aliens. We all just saw what happened with Independence Did Day. Did you see so. Independence Day? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> Um, okay, um, wait. Here's one. Here's one, Justin. Uh, yeah. uh, we haven't talked about it yet. Um, there's two stories. Let's talk about the Russo brothers doing the Warriors. For yeah, Hulu. we were just about to get to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Justin's a good person to discuss that with. Yeah, well, it, well, obviously it's been, you know, it was going to be a number of sort of failed attempts to, to bring it back. Tony as a, as Scott. A, yeah, as a reboot, as a, you know, as a movie. Um, that didn't happen. So now Russo Brothers, for those of you that don't know, um, are developing The Warriors as a one-hour TV series. So it's going to star Kevin Durant, yeah. Steph Curry. <laughs> um, and, you know, so obviously they're going to have to expand around the, the universe and the and the, the characters, etc., etc., because the movie takes place over one night. But if they're going to have an ongoing series of one-hour right. shows... They're going to have to come up with more than one a, night. A longer journey. Justin, yeah. what do you think about this being remade for, for Hulu? What, is it Hulu or Spike TV? It's Hulu. It's, it's Hulu. Pa- Paramount Hulu. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I mean, there's just some, certain properties that I just feel like it's just, I mean, that's a, it's a better route sometimes to take. I feel like, what, what can you do differently with the Warriors? The Warriors kind of was like in the zeitgeist and it fit the time. Now it just feel like... It would be dated. It would be like Point Break a little bit, like, you know, a brand more than an idea. So the TV show, I think, if it's done right, could be something pretty cool mm. um, and in the right hands. It's, you know, I, I, I think there's, you know, the reason I said Spike is I think they're doing a, a missed TV series, which I think would be a much, which is a, a great uh, idea. Oh, yeah. I just think there's certain proper, I know people are making fun of like Lethal Weapon and whatnot, but there are times where maybe not like as high profile, but more like culty stuff works in that tv world so yeah I'm, I'm game for it if it's if the right showrunner comes involved and they get the, a good cast uh, I'll, I'll check it out i mean i think that the russo brothers doing this could be pretty cool they seem like they have the right sensibility yeah. and i like that this is going to hulu um i, I enjoyed 11 to 11 What's good about the Russos is they first came. Everybody forgets they came from TV first, right? They were community guys, so they, they they understand the format maybe even better than the, the TV world. I mean, I mean, I guess if you think about it, Marvel is kind of like TV, like like you know the way it's run. It, it's almost like a, a network in a way at their studio with the red rooms and whatnot. And so, they have, they yeah, have. I, I think that works. And we've seen from obviously their work with Marvel that they're very, very, um, they're very good at handling universes that get quite complex quite quickly and carrying oh, stories yeah. through and stuff like that and really developing characters nicely, even if they're quite small in it. So I'm, I'm personally, as, as a big fan of the Warriors film, I'm really excited about this. It pleased me. Yeah, I'm just I glad it's too. not. And then, what was the other one, Jeff? I'm just glad yeah, it's not on Fox. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the other one. Uh, I don't know if you're tracking this or if this is more up McNary's alley. But uh, what's with this this deadline story about this nine year old girl, a reporter who mm. now has a book and potentially a movie deal for helping to solve a murder? Are you tracking that? I saw. I mean, I, I remember reading about it before. It was a, it was a story. Yeah. It <laughs> just. I mean. If, if you're a screenwriter in this town, are you, like, frustrated that, like, you're working your whole life and now this nine-year-old girl, like, stumbles upon a clue at a local murder and she's the new Nancy Drew? It's just, like, 
I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I guess we are in the wrong business. Like, what, what do you? I guess you're, here's the opening for you, Jeff. Like, this should be your motivation right now. Like, oh, I'm a nine-year-old. I got the time now. Let me go write my script. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, maybe <laughs> I'll bring the crayons. I don't know what it is. I'm um, working on it, buddy. I'll need, I'll need you to write uh, an article dude, real well, soon. Yeah, night of everybody, check it out. And um, yeah, vice principals. I think everybody's gonna be happy with too. I can't wait to see it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, take care, Crow. And talking of vice principals, yeah. uh, Danny McBride. This week. Hey, that's right. Good yeah. segue. It's like I do Crawl this for a living. Uh, yeah, so he was talking to, I think it was Rolling Stone this week, um, uh, about uh, the uh, new movie that he's doing, um, Alien uh, Covenant. That's Alien the title. Covenant. Alien yes. Covenant. He's, he's the fucking title. captain of the ship. He is. Uh, and one thing he said in it as well um, is that there's going to be a lot of sort of, a lot of the aliens are not necessarily going to be the CGI aliens. There are people on set in alien suits right, which i think around. is brilliant um we, we've seen from a lot of films recently that you know sometimes you can over cgi and it does spoil the magic a little bit that hmm. is something endemic in independence what day movies could you be t- discussing yeah but i you know i just think it's going to be good i like it i'd like i'd like to get i'd like to see hollywood going back to doing more of the sort of the, the map painting on things i was watching a lot of movies sort of from 30 40 years ago um recently yeah. and i'm just like you know some of the cgi now has got so good that it's so unreal it's just totally not it's, realistic. How we many go back movies to are just, you know... In, in Jungle Book, you see, was a really good example because some of that was CGI and some of that was matte. But it was, be- it was beautiful. It was, the way yeah. it was done, it was clean. It was just not like... But it I don't felt know. real in a way that a lot of the CGI movies just feel so CGI. It's not suspending belief. There was a lot of CGI in Ghostbusters, gang. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I mean, it's, so it's like... Apocalypse, Independence Day. It's just this. All these big blockbusters have become mm. this CGI nonsense. Well, here's, um, here's the thing: I, I was doing an interview with the director of um, uh, Finding Dory recently, mm-hmm. um, Andy Stanton, and he was saying that now, because I asked him about how technology has moved on from making that movie, and I said, you know, does it make it easy? And he said, well, pretty much you've taken things as as far as they can go when it comes to things like that, and it's now about being how you've got all the colours, all the colours have been discovered, you know, all the brushes are there, it's really about how good you are as a painter to paint the picture. Right. And if your picture comes out shitty, it's because you're kind of a shitty artist. And I think we're at a point in Hollywood, I think that's still ways we can take it, but I think we're at a point in Hollywood where it is down to how good of an artist you are and if it comes out shitty it's just that you're not that good of an artist you're not using the tools right it's like you know trying to whisk an egg with a fucking you know piece of toilet paper um we only have a few more minutes left in the yeah, show we do, yeah. again i don't know I, I don't know how much i can say about ghostbusters or whatever um the one thing I, I wanted to impress upon people was just how good Kate McKinnon is in this mm-hmm. uh she's just playing this glorious weirdo yeah uh and I and I thought I had a blast with her. I mean, you know, the movie as a whole is okay. I, I don't think that it lives up to the original. I think that it, it has no through no fault of the actresses. Um, uh, the women all do a great job. I think that they're let down by a guy in this case, Paul Paul Feig, whose script you know is just all right. Okay. Um, but it, it certainly had its moments, and it, it's certainly not a uh, a bad movie like a, a Batman vs Superman or an X Men Apocalypse. Mm. Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing because I'm just an unemployed dude. Uh, I'm not I'm not a critic. I'm looking forward to seeing all the you know official critical responses when those yep. hit. And um, that that embargo lifts on Sunday, right? I I don't even know. no one told me anything about an embargo. I think okay. that it, either Sunday or Monday. I don't even know. Okay, um, I'm hoping to catch it next week. I mean, it's out next Friday, right? 
Yes. Yes. So I'm, I'll probably, if I don't get to a screening next week, I'll have to, to pay and see it, which is... I, I just encourage people to check it out for themselves mm. and not go by, you know, either the bad buds or the bullshit commenters, which, and, and Paul takes some good shots at just the, the commenting community uh, a lot in this movie. It's almost in, almost in like a Kevin Smith way. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, check ch- check out Ghostbusters when that hits. Um, am I am I here? For, I'm here for next week's show. I right? think you are. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's touch on a couple of other things. Yeah. Um, Kiefer Sutherland joining the Flatliners remake. Uh, I feel like this has been in the making for months. Yeah. Um, I've it's I heard about this when I was still employed. Well, Ellen Page, uh, Diego Luna on the cast, uh, Nina Dobrev, James Norton. Uh, I think they've just been waiting for one of the original cast to come on board, but he's now joining. Yeah. So well, I think he, he's, he's like the, the head of the. Uh, department or whatever yeah. like those are his students how big um, his role is going to be don't know but i'm just glad i, I like flatliners 10, 10 20 minutes here's, tops. here's a flatliners story for you um the day that my father died my friends were like hey let's take it to the movies to cheer you up and i was like okay they took me to see flatliners thanks friends Jesus. yeah Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Uh, so, talking of other sequels, um, uh, No Goonies two. Um, Corey Feldman said this week that that's not going to happen. How is this even a thing? It's, I a, don't, it's one what, of those. What year films did the Goonies come keeps... out? Nineteen eighty six. We've been talking about this for thirty years. Yes. Um, he says it's basically because Richard Don is now too old. I think that just that time has passed. I love. Just we'll just leave that. Saw Legacy is going to start filming in September. Um, what? Yeah, Saw Legacy. You know, it was, oh. Final Chapter was in 2010. They're redoing the franchise now. Exactly what it's going to be about, we don't know. We're looking at possibly um, Jigsaw's beginnings, so it could be like prequels, which would be interesting. Um, I mean, the franchise made unadjusted about $415 million. So, you know, it's a franchise with some money, but we'll see what happens with that. But that's shooting in September. Um, and we talked about uh, Marvel earlier, Spider-Man Homecoming, new casting news. Um, I think it's Anne Gory Rice. Yeah, no, the little that. girl from uh, these, from the Nice Guys. Yeah, and These Final Hours, which if you haven't seen These Final Hours, it's on Netflix. What the fuck is that? It's uh, it's an, apop- uh, an apocalyptic thriller um, from Australia. It came out in like 2013. With who? It's uh, it's got no name cast, but it's it's really really good. Okay. Seriously, you should check it out. All right, you got excited there, so uh, yeah. it must be. But yeah, I like I like that addition to the Spider Man uh, universe. I don't know who she's going to be playing. No, well, um, we don't know who apart from Spider Man. We don't uh, know who Michael anybody's Keaton, playing. We don't know who anybody's right? playing right now. So yeah, which Bul- I quite Bulger like. hasn't even been confirmed. No, uh, Steven Soderbergh's doing a movie on the Panama Papers. Mm. Sounds cool to me. I like him as a director. I don't think all his projects have, have nailed it, but I'm always interested to see what he's putting out. I think that's a pretty juicy topic for him. Mm. Um, I like that Kate Mara has been cast as the girl in Chopaquitic mm-hmm. with Jason Clark. Yep. That's uh, interesting to me. Idris Elba's making his directorial debut with a project called Yardi. Yeah. What does Yardi mean? Uh, Yardi is, it's a kind of um, uh, Jamaican gangster, um, I believe. Uh, the Yardis were, were big in the UK for quite a while. Uh, it's about a guy who basically brings over drugs uh, to London, uh, and it's his life, uh, his rise and fall as a drug dealer. Right, like, he goes from what, Jamaica to London? Yeah. That's pretty cool, okay. I think it's Jamaica, yeah. Uh, THR had an interesting story this week about uh, two ice cream truck drivers, mm-hmm. and, and you know, or like riding and that's going to be a movie. I could actually see that yep. with the right casting. Um, and then finally, you know, Michael Cimino died this week. Yeah, uh, that's I, a, that was genuinely a real shame. I still I have the criteria on Heaven's Gate uh, in my apartment. I haven't watched it yet. It was a gift from a friend. His death has made me want to finally put it in mm-hmm. and, and give it a shot. I love the Deer Hunter. The Deer Hunter was my background on Twitter for a long time. One okay. of the posters. I think it's a terrific uh, war movie. 
great performances. I don't know. Any any thoughts on Michael's passing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I don't think he's a director that did a few movies, but not a huge amount of movies. Well, he got burned by Heaven's Gate, exactly, which I think was not a terrible film. I think visually, I okay. think it's a it's it's a really interesting film, and I've I've watched it many times, and you know, it's not it's not a it's like Blade Runner for me. It's not a film that I initially loved when I saw Heaven's it the first Gate is time. like Blade Runner for you. G- stay with me on okay. this. It's a film that I watched because I thought I should watch because it was obviously you know such a big part of of movie movie history. Um, I've learned to love Blade Runner. I've learned to appreciate Heaven's Gate. Okay. And I think it's a film that everybody should see. It sounds like a movie that got unfairly shit on. Upon yeah, I think release. it did. There's a lot about it that I think, you know, are positives. Yeah, there's, there's some revisionist history coming yeah. into play where people are sort of reconsidering mm. it. So I need to consider it in the first place. Even as a piece of filmmaking, as a piece of art, it's worth watching. Anything else going on uh, this week? Anything you want to plug? Uh, well, I'm going to be uh, talking to the Star Trek cast uh, cool. director next week. Very excited about that. Ask um, Justin Lynn about Akira. Okay. Since Justin seemed to splash cold water on I will report. do. Uh, I am uh, uh, just literally. I'm leaving here. I'm going to talk to um, Mila Kunis about bad moms. You which lucky I saw last bastard! Night. I know. You want to come and hold my bag? I would. I would. Yes. Where can the good people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Showbiz Simon and Instagram at Showbiz Simon and on Facebook. This is Simon Thompson, and you can see my work. God, all over the place. Forbes, IGN. Mashable, loads of places. Wow, okay. Mm. You can't see my work anywhere right now, but you may see it soon. I'm Jeff Snyder. You can follow me on Twitter at, at The Insider. You can see all the movies that I see at uh, on my blog, theinsider.blogspot.com. And, uh, yeah, Popcorn Talk Network. Make sure you rate, comment, subscribe, follow. Tell your friends. All that good stuff. Have Tweet. a I'll see you tomorrow at the pool party. Maria Menounos' house. Yeah, I'll be the guy in the mankini. That's fantastic. Have a good weekend, everybody. Producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.